Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Chatter. This is Tom Oglesby on FM 98.3 KCRD. And I'm Colleen Pasnick. And I'm Janet Wagner. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and And to to the the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And I just threw you a curveball. That's our closing prayer here. But it's it's, (laughs) this, this will air... We're recording on Monday the 20th. This will air on uh, Christmas Day and the day after Christmas, the Holy Family deal here. We'll, we'll still do, uh, speaking of the Holy Family, we can do, Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. Can't pray too much. Can't pray too much. Especially during this great season. Never can pray too much. When you started out with the Glory Be, though, I went quiet because all of a sudden I I was like at Latin Mass. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, wait. I need to speak. <laughs> in, in, English. in English. In English. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yes, indeed. And don't forget, you're hearing this on Christmas Day. Tomorrow, Sunday the 26th, is Sunday, and it's the uh, it's a it's a Holy Family, a Marian feast. Uh, feast of the Holy feast Family. The Holy Isn't Holy that family. awesome? Yes. Our, uh, the namesake of our great school system here. Speaking of that, there's a headline here. Did you catch that? Archdiocese of Dubuque named Superintendent of Catholic Schools, Kathy Walls, W-A-L-Z. Welcome, Kathy Walls. Is she from Marion? Did I read that in the story? Marion, but it appeared in her resume that at some point she taught in Dubuque, perhaps at St. Columkill, for oh. a period of time. So. Wow. Well, welcome to Dubuque. Welcome. Indeed. So we got some uh, uh, headlines. Janet's got one. I got I got a bunch they just fell on me this week they did and janet uh, or colleen you've always i've got just a few but they're probably duplicates i find we often have the same headlines going on you want to ante first janet sure probably for me the biggest uh headline was the dubia the responses to the 11 questions this is a piggyback on the traditiones custodes um moda proprio from july i believe and basically, just in summary, is the um, Office for the Doctrine of Divine Worship issued these answers to these questions that we don't know who proposed them, mm-hmm. but basically said that they're going to eliminate the traditional Latin Mass for the most part. And uh, that was in Traditionis Custodis. And then the document that came out recently on the 18th, 17th or 18th, yeah. Um, I think also said, and no, none of the sacraments in the old rite. Right, that's correct. Yeah, it came out on, interestingly enough, December 18th, which was Ember Saturday. That's right. It was Ember Saturday, and it was also the feast of the dedication of the basilicas of Saints Peter, Peter and, and Paul. Paul. And something very interesting that happened on the 18th was that order was, um, that document came out, right? Uh, suppressing the um, old form of any of the sacraments. And on the same day, St. Peter's Basilica suffered a blackout. Yeah, I saw that. I Isn't that. that 
Interesting. Kind of like when Pope Benedict resigned and the Vatican was hit by lightning. Twice. Twice. When there wasn't a storm in Rome. Yeah. Kind or of like in that. 500 miles of Rome. Right. Just one little cell over the Vatican. This is a story we've reported on for two or th- When did Traditiones Custodes come out? It's I think been it was some back time. in July. So we've talked about this in, in the previous 20 shows. This is not going to go away. Father Z has weighed in on this in the last 48 hours. Michael Matt has just poured gas on the dumpster fire. Um, Father Jerry Murray, a canon mm-hmm. lawyer out in New York, New York. Yep. has gone through his usual, no, his unusual evisceration of the documents. He's quoting... He's a canon lawyer. He's he's citing chapter and verse, and uh, to a man, they are calling this a um, direct attack on on Catholics. It's interesting in a parallel universe where dioceses across the country are doing listening sessions and surveys as to what they can do to increase mass attendance what they can do to increase literacy with respect to Catholic uh, teachings and doctrine, what they can do to increase uh, seminarian vocations, let alone religious life vocations. And they are all saying this is a direct attack on the one segment of Catholic, of Roman Catholic faith that is growing, vibrant, and devout. This is not going to go away. This, this in, in early 2022, we'll probably, I'm, I'm guessing we'll have a, uh, I don't want to say a truce, a ceasefire uh, during the holiday. But I, I predict January, this firestorm is going to rage. One of the things that I just find so curious is we could probably all list the top three, five, ten things that uh, the church is fighting today. Um, the, the top issues that the church should be focused on. Um, and I don't think a single one of them would be the Latin Mass. So it's kind of curious of all the things that the church uh, could be focusing on right now. And they're picking this. It's like a battle. I don't, I don't understand because I don't know that it would be on anybody's list because, first of all, the number of Catholics that go to the Latin Mass is pretty small. The number of priests that know the Latin Mass is pretty small when you look at the whole country. I mean, you kind of have to search out where the Latin Masses are. So of all the things to come down so hard on, why this one? Well, you know, part of it, too, is I don't have the answer as to why, but it just makes you wonder what... What is going on? Because we know publicly Pope Francis is, does has stated he does not like the Latin Mass. And his thing that he has talked about is because he wants unity, and he is saying that the way to have that is to eliminate, have the unity with Paul the Sixth, the Mass of Paul the Sixth. Yeah. But, you know, the weird thing about this unity is most people probably don't know this, but within the umbrella of the Catholic Church, there's like 20 Catholic churches. The Marianite, the Coptics. Right. right. And right. and why are they different? Because they have their own 
um, liturgy that organically grew out of that area. So Byzantine Catholic would be the second largest after us Roman Catholics. And it kind of developed in the Ukraine. All the same beliefs, but their way of doing liturgy was slightly different. Slightly different. All founded by one of the apostles. Right. So you already have some mm-hmm. diversity. Which, excuse me, which apostle was it, James? Uh, well, Thomas went to India, and is that the Malabar right? Yeah, and James went to uh, Spain. Spain. Yeah. And, Camino. Yeah. yeah. Who? I'm trying to think. Andrew went to uh, Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Or Asia to, Minor. We'd have to. I look had a up list which, of that, not committed to memory. Which apostles went where? It's in the Catholic source book of yes. where they all died, so that might have been. Yeah. Where, Close but the it. point is that, you know, most people think the Catholic Church is the Roman Catholic Church, and it is. It's the largest. It's the big the big one under the umbrella. But there's like 20 other ones. In fact, Father Mitch Pacwa, which you can hear on this station, I think on Wednesdays from 7 to 8, he is not only Roman Catholic, but he's also authorized to um, say liturgies in the Maronite Catholic Church, which uh, developed in Lebanon. So there's already this diversity in the Catholic Church where uh, the liturgy is slightly different, but all the beliefs are the same. So for him to say unity and we all need to be doing the Mass doesn't really carry water. Well, here's the, is, is the Roman rite, the ancient Roman rite, going to be the first one? Will the, uh, the Jesuit canon be turned toward the Marianite rite? The Coptic Rite, the Byzantine Rite, are those the next ones to... Uh... Well, in the Eastern Orthodox Rite, which is um, now back in communion, how are you going to treat them now? If you're you know, saying that traditional Catholics are out on the fringes, you know, that's, that's just rather interesting. All these other questions are coming up, and in addition to like Father Gerald Murray and Michael Matt and um, Z. Father Z. You also had all these other bloggers and Catholic... Anthony um, Stein's Anthony all over Stein, this. Anthony Stein, 1 Peter 5, Ed Penton. But uh, I guess I'm, I'm waiting for Diana to get in. My I am too. I'm taking Yeah. But I mean, it's almost like they came out with this and there's not a problem. Right. Here's, here's something that someone pointed out that I thought was very interesting. I don't know if this was Father Gerald Murray or Father John Zelsdorf, but um, the one thing that is interesting about traditional Catholics... They are all on. They are all in when it comes to Catholic Church teaching, on everything, whether it's homosexual marriage, um, birth control. There's two genders, and these traditional Catholics, because they promote this and live it, they are hated by their own. That's what one of the comments came out as. I thought that was quite interesting. Well, and and that is actually the the fact, you know. And mm-hmm. so you kind of think, well. Maybe maybe the Vatican doesn't like that, and maybe they see that as a bigger threat. Catholics who are devout, who are serious about their faith, open to life, want the sacraments, want to be, want the reverence well, at mass. Maybe that's we're who dancing they see around. As the problem. Yeah, we're dancing dancing around it here. This, like many of the um, pronunciations from bishops and archbishops in the past few years is marinated in fear. If you look at the pronouncements here, this this isn't building family life within the big tent, the universal church that is Catholic. Right. This this is, I'm afraid, sop in decease. 
Right. Right. Which is all kind of curious. You know, I mean, if what am I not, afraid of? What am I afraid of? If there's not a problem, how come this document needs to come out and clamp down on it? it? It's just all very curious. Well, and one of the things that came out of some of the different reports, and you know, thank God for some of these individuals who are are in the know on these things, is they keep telling us a couple of things. One of them is we need to resist, and and that's a good point. And they say, well, how? You know, how does the common uh, lay Catholic resist? And they're saying, write letters to your bishop to say. Um, exercise canon law number 87 and that is saying that gives the bishops the authority to dispense from this report and because it's not necessarily law Mm. and that and i found that very interesting because part of this they're all to a man are saying this it's not a law It, it it violates the principles and tenets of Catholicism, and it's not binding. And the other thing that really struck me is, who is not this? my words, by the way. Right. Don't don't hit our tower. <laughs> this is this is this is uh, men smarter than I. Father Z, uh, M- Michael Matt, and I love uh, Father Gerald Murray's mm-hmm. the, the, one of the great critical thinkers of our time. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things when Traditionis Custodis came out in July uh, and they put a lot of restrictions on the on the traditional Latin mass and who could say it and all that stuff, it was kind of left up to the bishops. Like the bishop needs to say, OK, you can do that. OK, you cannot say that a new a newly ordained had to get permission from his bishop. So a lot of it was kind of put on the bishops to enforce it. And remember when um, when they issued that document, the Pope said, this is needed because we did a survey and the bishops around the world are really upset about this and it's causing problems. And remember we said that doesn't seem to be the case with and, what was leaked. And Right, and we found out that that was not the case. Right, and so now what does this document do that was just released December 18th? I think they found out that the bishops aren't going along with them because this document is so coming this down is, harder on the bishops. This is the bully whip. Well, yeah. and that's that's one of the things that came out is that your who's this going to come down hard on the priest and the bishops, but predominantly the bishops because they're going to have to stand up, and they're going to have to say, "What is truth?" That that'll be interesting. That actually might be a grace from God if they stand up. And so I think one of the things that we could see on the flip side of the coin of this document is maybe the bishops were not on board with suppressing the Latin Mass, and they were allowing it to continue. It'll be interesting to see if that plays out that way. It will, won't it? One of the things that's very, very interesting that I hope they get all their ducks in a row quickly is weddings are on hold in the traditional rite. Yeah, that brings up everything. Baptisms, Baptisms. confirmations, and they are saying on some level that we need to be unified into the Mass of Paul VI because we don't have enough priests. Well, then let the ordinations happen in the traditional Latin Mass. That's an oxymoron. Which way do you want it? Come on here. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting, though, Colleen, you brought up early on that they were going to not only um, suppress the the liturgy, the Mass, but all the liturgies of the seven sacraments. And it's interesting that the uh, rites of those sacraments... Baptism, all of them, all seven. Each of them have a rite of exorcism in them. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yes, mm-hmm. are you with yep. me? Yeah. They have a rite of exorcism in it, and the New Roman Missal with the seven sacraments 
the exorcism prayers are um, deleted. And I and I think I, I shouldn't go there. I think there may be two or three um, exorcism prayers just in the rite of uh, baptism. Baptism Correct. has the most um, exorcism prayers in it, obviously for good reasons, right? You're going from a pagan, unbelieving life, especially in the early church when adults were baptized. But I'll have to tell you, this is a little anecdotal, but I was at a Byzantine baptism one time, and it was with, for a one-year-old, so a little bit older baby, and the Byzantine priest started reading the prayers, and I thought, these are exorcism prayers, right? And that baby got really agitated and reached over and grabbed that booklet out of the priest's hands. I couldn't believe it. I saw it with my own eyes, and he just calmly grabbed the book back and just kept on reading with it. I got to tell a story on this here. We've got 60 seconds till we uh, hit a break. So, to that point, a dear a dear priest made a house call to a dying man who had not been and I was there. I was there. I uh, was asked to get a priest to a dying man who had not been to the church or the sacraments in 30 years, maybe 50 years. He's on his deathbed. And we went in, made introduction. I left the house while the priest heard the confession. And I came back in after confession, because I can't be there while he's having confession. And in the old rite, the uh, sacrament of the sick, the extreme unction, along with the apostolic pardon, were administered. And... At the laying of hands and the anointing with oil, this man who was not very lucid, barely, not conscious, in and out of consciousness, while the exorcism prayers were being said, he was pushing away the hand with the sacred oils. Mm. Anyway, the sacrament was administered, and um, afterwards uh, we, we left to uh, go back to church. The man ended up dying 36 hours later. Praise God that he went to heaven with the apostolic pardon. I asked the priest, actually he asked me before it could happen. He said, did you see that there? I said, yeah, Father, what'd you make of that? And we both finished each other's sentences. We said, Satan was there, pushing him away. You're listening to The Chatter. This is episode one, uh, segment one of number 22, and we got a take a break we're two minutes late on fm 98.3 kcrd did you catch your breath on that one janet holy cow i did we're back this is the chatter episode 22 and segment two and you and, have uh, headlines yet well that was one headline we got through uh i didn't think we were going to go there you still got more stuff on that one uh, Colleen? Well, I do, but maybe we can save it for another episode, because we all do have still more I think we headlines. ought to do a uh, segment or a show on the Apostolic Pardon in I 2022. Think Great here. idea. Doing that here. All right, I'm going to do some uh, machine gun headlines here. We talked about the uh, new superintendent in Dubuque. Uh, this is a curious one here, uh, and we can do 15 seconds on St. Januarius's blood failing to liquefy in 2000. He does it, it liquefies, it's a relic in a uh, uh, reliquary, blood that 
is coagulated and three times a year liquefies, except it didn't liquefy the third time this year. And if it doesn't liquefy, doesn't that kind of portend something ominous happen? Like the one year it didn't liquefy and then a volcano blew. I mean, isn't it kind of like bad news? Well, I don't know if you want to go there here, but somebody told me it didn't liquefy on the date. And whose birthday is that? Uh, was it December 17th that it was supposed to liquefy? Is this, maybe somebody could confirm this. Is that Papa Francis's birthday? That is his birthday. All right. Uh, we oh. talked about Pope doubling down on quashing the Latin. Here's one. Cardinal Turkson says he's really resigning at the end of his term. Yes. This They're resigning his, from what? Whatever they, he's a... Uh, I don't know what Turkson is. Or yeah. what, I mean, I know he's a cardinal, but I don't know he what he's Dubuque, over. He was in Dubuque five years ago. He was. And, uh, he, he was also part of an author. He's a prefect of something. Right. He's also part author of uh, Ladanto C, I believe. Yeah. More headlines here. The cruel and incoherent further restrictions of the uh, traditional mass. The headlines in the Catholic media are, are um, they have incisor teeth instead of quotes. They're, they are taking a bite out of what's in the, We'll not hear the end of it here. Um, Archbishop Lenga, L-E-N-G-A, Archbishop Lenga is quoted in his headline saying, there is a need for a Catholic counter-revolution. Hmm. What does that mean, a Catholic counter-revolution? Well, evidently, the <laughs> cultural revolution ain't so happy. And what kind of Catholic? <laughs> That's, that was the question that came to my head. Yeah, well, the existing Catholic revolution didn't do it, evidently. So That's from Archbishop Lenga. And um, we're going to have to get Chris all these headlines for the uh, website here for what's going on here. But here's, here's something interesting. The headline is the, uh, from an exorcist. The headline is, The Six Things Satan Wants You to Know. Did anybody see this? Colleen, you're nodding that. It was here. on Spiritual Direction with uh, Dan uh, Burke. Dan, Dan Burke, who Dan uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Burke. Um, did a press release. Dan's back in better health here. I didn't know he was sick. I knew he was sick a year ago. He, no, he was in an accident is what happened, and, uh, what? and he had a brain bleed. And so that was why the call for prayer last week. Oh, did not uh, know I, an I, accident. I, I yeah. missed that. I only mm -hmm. saw the, so he was in an accident. Pray for, uh, let's let's do a glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for uh, Dan Burke, one of the great minds in, in Catholic media, and his wife, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Wow. Anyway, the six things... Satan wants you to know. Lucifer wants you to know. Number one, you're a terrible person. Number two, there is no hope for you. Number three, God doesn't care about you. Number four, you're mine. Remember, it's Lucifer speaking. You are mine. I will never leave. Five, you're going to go to hell. And six, this is scary, guys. You should kill yourself. Look at the spike in suicides among all demographics, particularly our young people. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you know what was interesting is he said they put he, that um, Satan whispers these in people's heads, right? So the power of our thoughts and what they can lead us to do. If we are continually thinking, you should kill yourself, you should kill yourself, that's going to lead to an action. In the last segment, we were talking about the traditional rights 
of the sacraments, and we touched on baptism, but the traditional confession rite also has a exorcism in it. Mm. Yes? I don't know. I've never gone to confession in the traditional rite, so I don't know. I've gone in the traditional rite, but they speak Latin, so I don't know what they're saying. But well, I do you, know... If, yeah, if, if you've got that, Janet, uh, you can you can follow along on a, a prayer card here. There is, all of them have exorcisms, including this here. That's my understanding. Um, and then also the... Um, the openness, I don't want to say there's more graces that come from that confession versus the other, but there's something to that. Well, it's not a question of more graces. It's a question of you get what you pray for. You get what you ask for. If you are not asking to be delivered not only from sin and forgiven and all of that, but to be delivered from the clutches, this is number five, uh, no, uh, uh, number four, you are mine, I will never leave. Mother Angelica's quote on this is, this is the one time you can tell Satan to go to hell. Right, right. <laughs> she was. God bless something. her. Yeah, yeah, she was something. You know, the other thing when you were mentioned about the exorcism piece of confession, you know, if you're going to confession every month, that's a little exorcism every month. So, you know, that repeated telling Satan to get out, reject, rejecting Satan and all his works and promises, empty promises, that... That makes a difference after a while. It's like a slow drip. You know, one of the things that I find interesting is, do you think, and I'm asking a question here, do you think people see see that? I, I think most people, they are horrified by Satan, so if you would suggest to them that, you know, you should go to confession in the Latin rite because of the exorcism needed, um, I, I, think that, I think a lot of people would respond, well, I don't have that. I'm not that bad. Yeah, I'm not possessed. I'm not possessed. I don't have obsession. Mm -hmm. um, You're right. There is kind of a scary element to that idea that there's an exorcism contained in confession. Yeah, and, right. and that that point of view has been postulated and promulgated by by any number of clerics. I know, and Satan loves it. You know, and one we've never had that problem in this diocese. Thank we God. Don't, we don't need an exorcist in this diocese. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I beg to differ on that one. We do need an exorcist, and we need an active one. You know, I think part of the problem, too, is people think exorcism, and they think Satan, and they think uh, the movie, right? Yeah. Right? Emily but Rose. Emily Rose, or the, or the exorcist from the 70s. I think, but Satan is so much more subtle than that. We're not talking about full-blown possession that, you know. You know, it just creeps in here. You, you open the uh, the. The, the local newspaper, and there's a daily astrology uh, column mm -hmm. in here. You look at some of the schools, including the Catholic schools, with yoga going on here. Mm -hmm. And don't tell me that there's Catholic yoga, folks. You can't turn on any, and I don't watch a lot of television, but I do turn it on, and I do scan it purposefully. The number of shows that I have caught, I, I just caught a, uh, I think it's a state farm commercial where they've got a professional quarterback who is uh, in the, imitating some of the lotus positions, and and he's he's got inner peace because he's selling automobile insurance. You know, the, the new age has crept into every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me we've not got a problem. And the culture, you know, what was it last month that that um, shooting happened in Houston that was at that concert? 
Right. When you look at that singers, and I use the term very loosely, when you look at his lyrics and when you look at some of his imagery, it's satanic. And you know, some of those kids that were killed were nine, nine right. years old. Right. Is that where the entrance was? That the, was in uh, Houston. The mouth, the, the, of, the mouth the... of Moloch? Yes. 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 Right. What parent, what guardian would let any child up to the age of majority, let alone a nine-year-old, into one of these satanic breeding grounds? One who's already involved and a parent who, really, quite frankly, has no idea. Turn in your dad card. Yeah. Right. Parents that just don't even know what their kids are listening to, maybe. Um, Or they say, or they dismiss it, as so many parents do. Oh, it's just a song. I remember my concert. Well, excuse me. I don't think your concerts were anything like what they are today. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the fact is, it's in the culture everywhere. It's right. so. It's so everywhere. we don't. We're not saying that people are fully possessed, and that's why they need an exorcism. We're There's talking a difference about between being possessed and um, oppressed, oppressed, or even just a toehold in things. You know, every time we choose sin and doing our favorite vice over doing the opposite virtue, that's a little toehold that Satan has in us. Well, and one of the things that's very interesting, and I think it was John Cashin um, that talked about the, um, you know, the, the the seven deadly sins, and and one of the hardest things to overcome would be what you put in your mouth, and that's food, drugs, alcohol, whatever. And a lot of people imbibe on food. A lot of people imbibe on alcohol and prescription drugs. You know, nothing's wrong with any one of those. And they're cursed. And all of a sudden, you have a dependency on these things, and you don't. A person doesn't realize that maybe this is satanic, because of your dependency. You all of a sudden you've been drinking for forty and fifty years, and you need it. Well, if you'd go to confession and confess that until you're over it, you're given the graces to help overcome that, whatever it might be. Well, and that's why AA has a spiritual component. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. relying on that higher power. And what most people don't realize is the prayers before meals are in an aspect of um, exorcism to bless. We're asking God to bless, bless the, the food, food that we mm-hmm. eat so that we're not ingesting something that uh, Longhorn has put out on the streets. Yeah, here. so, you know, maybe some uh, book that's very readable that people might want to pick up is called The Screwtape Letters. Yeah, that's and excellent. It's by C.S. Lewis. And it's written from um, a higher level demon to his nephew Wormwood, the, I the, think. The apprentice. Yes. And who uh, now is given, you know, this nephew apprentice here has been given a job to, to trap that soul, that human being. And it's, uh, so you read it, it's very good, very readable. I mean, high school kids could read it. So pick up a copy of the Screw Tape Letters just to kind of see what ways that the evil one tries to get into your life and tempt you. Yeah, and one other area, too, that I see it is people who struggle with depression. And I'm not talking about clinical depression where they need a counselor or um, pharmaceuticals to help them. Not that, but that depression that leads to sadness and doubt and melancholy. Um, What people don't realize is those things have a tendency to be sinful, and Satan loves it when you go down that path. Well, especially because some of the ones that Tom read, you're a terrible person. Right. I mean, lots of depressed people think that I'm worthless. No one loves me. I'm a terrible I can't person. do anything right. 
Yeah. So a lot of those ones that Tom just read earlier fit in with people who are depressed and right self-talk. And, and we're remember, around the holidays. This, this is coming out today. Uh, we're recording in advance, but this will be aired on the day that the incarnate Word of God became man. Yes, true, true. And and he he part of the reason Christ was born of a virgin was to give dignity to humanity that we are worth it that that his father god the father and our father were one that he came to ransom us there is hope for us we're not a terrible person god does care for us you are not a child of satan you are a child of christ you're not going to hell insofar as you don't re refuse his mercy and no do not kill yourself. Right. Their life is worth living. And I think it was good, Tom, to replace every one of those six things with the, the truth. That was excellent. Um, to, to put that in perspective. Because, honestly, the holidays are a time when people get depressed. It's Because not all families are happy clappy. Well, and it's lonely, even when you're it's in lonely. a group of people. And even when you know that your family loves you, there is a struggle with loneliness. We all have it. But knowing that, and if you're, and if you're like, feeling like no one loves me, turn to Christ and and say it out loud, but he loves me. I can't hear you. <laughs> I know you're there. Exercise your faith to know that he loves you. we got about 30 seconds. This segment's got to be a bit shorter, but I think we got to wrap up here with a couple of thoughts. One, we all need to look out for the most vulnerable of our communities, our friends, our relatives, our mm -hmm. neighbors, those guys at work. Maybe they've lost someone. They haven't looked quite on top of their game. The days are shorter, not in, as much sunlight, and this affects people in a lot of ways. So reach out to them. Two, if you are feeling lonely, get a lifeline. Call a friend. Don't be alone. Uh, if you need a friend, uh, call us here at KCRD. If we don't pick up, hang on. We'll get back to you soon. Uh, call one of the... Um, Call one of the great agencies here in town. Call the pregnancy center. You'll know what to do. Yeah. And and if you feel like you can't even pray, you know what? Just hold on to a crucifix. Just put it in your hand and hold on to a crucifix. And, and say, Jesus, I trust in you. That's Jesus, right. I trust that's in you. That's right. And don't let go. And remember, it's temporary. So what might have been sad for a day or two is going to be positive later. All right. We'll be back after these announcements on the chatter here on FM 98.3 KCRD. Welcome back. This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. Janet's with me, Colleen's with me, and uh, this is segment three. We're recording Monday the 20th. Merry Christmas to all of you listening today, and happy Feast of the Holy Family. What a what a great one-two punch. you got to go to church both... No, you don't got to go to... <laughs> you get to go to church two times doing that here. Good point, because Saturday night, uh, there's no vigil for Sunday. Because Saturday's Christmas, so we go on Christmas, right, or the Eve. 
But Sunday is uh, still a holy day of obligation. So yeah. you got to go on, get to go on Sunday. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, we're going to do a couple more headlines, and then we're going to do the catechism feedback got, got really great here. Uh, great. Last week. So uh, we got some tougher ones for you guys today. And um, they said, don't throw Janet any more softballs. So. <laughs> well, they were pretty easy. Anyway, uh, here's something that I saw uh, on the 17th that broke. And I don't want to spend a time... A lot of time on this, but I'm just going to throw it out here for uh, 30 seconds because we've talked about vaccines and all of that. But on, on December 17th, the headline comes out, in vitro fertilization clinics starting to have serious problems right after the vaccine started to roll out. Wow. And there is uh, a number of difficulties with conception, and we are not promoting in vitro fertilization we stand with mother church on her her uh, teaching there elsewhere in the in the article uh, a third of the way through due to the vaccine the miscarriage rate has jumped from 28 to 40 percent that's a 43 percent miscarriage rate here wow so that is that is unbelievable and what do we think the causes are this is these statistics. You're taking me down that rabbit hole, and I said we're not going to talk long on this. This is simply since the vaccine was released, which is earlier this year. Uh, this this is this is what's going on here. So, uh, two items. One, you know what we need to do? What's that? We've got to find that prayer. There's at least one. Is is Saint Gerard the patron saint of? Mothers and pregnancies and that kind of thing is that is yes, that sir. true? Yes, sir. We got to find a a, uh, a prayer on that, Janet, to uh, to bring that because you said it well a couple of weeks ago. I can't have children. I am in unity with those couples, those mothers who have difficulty conceiving. We we get that, but prayer is better than taking it into our own hands prayers better better and you mentioned the miscarriage rate and you know that is one of the losses the heartaches that kind of goes unacknowledged in our society a lot of people wait to tell you tell someone that people that they're pregnant just yeah just hey let's do that though i mean right now this so this show will recording now but it'll air christmas day but then but well look at she's got something here but then again on the 26th, Sunday the 26th, which is the Holy Family. Let's ask the Holy Family for the intercession Amen. for all of those couples who are desiring to have children and are having difficulty and are considering in vitro fertilization and would like to turn away from that here. Janet, can, is there a good prayer there? What do you got? Yeah, there is a prayer here to St. Gerard for pregnant women, and it just basically says, Dear St. Gerard, patron saint of pregnant women, I ask you to lovingly place all pregnant women and their unborn children in the Blessed Mother's arms. Ask her as a mother to plead for their health and safety before the Holy Trinity with you. Pray that all pregnant mothers will be patient and trusting during their pregnancies and delivery and that they will have no fears. I thank you for your continued prayers for this person and all of these pregnant women and their unborn children and for your constant intercession on their behalf. Amen. Amen. 
Holy Family, St. Joseph, St. Mary, and Blessed Child Jesus, pray, pray for, for us. us here. All right. Now that's the A-team right there. That's, yeah. So to speak. So I suggest anybody that would like to conceive, get to it tonight. My goodness. <laughs> We're not well, that kind of show, are we? <laughs> Praise God. As, as long as you're in the marital union recognized by the church, thank you very much. Well, Janet, you've always got the training wheels going here. <laughs> All right, here's another uh, headline that came into us from a listener uh, just this morning. Uh, this is out of, uh, out of the local newspaper. State of the Church, local congregations adapt to major changes in the religious landscape this is uh, penned by Elizabeth Kelsey, and it's uh, it's on TH Media. And that would be the Telegraph Herald's website. That'd be the Telegraph Herald's website. Here we are. The the uh, <laughs> this blew up here. I, I've got the uh, I've got the phone going crazy this morning from a guy. Another guy in the same circle is texting me and then I'm getting it emailed and and the the headline or the you know this would be great for the chatter but it reminds me it, it struck me as I read through this it reminds me that um, even the Catholics are out here wanting to do a synod a code word for a listening session do you do you think this, that Christ sent the 72 disciples out in pairs to listen to the people of Galilee? Wasn't that the first Gallup poll? Or maybe it was the first Galilee poll, and then they <laughs> changed it to Gallup, so it would sound more American. Gallup poll found for the first time the majority of Americans, 52%, were not a member of a church or synagogue, as opposed to 47 who are. I mean, it just goes on and on. Yeah, there's a lot of statistics coming out lately about faith and the family and percentage of married couples and children and believers. Gallup poll 2017 confirmed that 80% of Americans believe in God. 70 years earlier in 1947, only 7% points higher. One of the things that's interesting is you walk into a parish on a Sunday, five minutes before Mass is supposed to start, and you're lucky if there's half of it full well you know uh before the virus hit um average mass attendance in this country was 25 percent in the country an average since the virus and now the reopening of the churches i've heard it's half that i've heard it's 10 to 12 percent so covid claimed well that that's that that's that's one number statistics there the other way to ask that question come at it from the backside is attendance before the COVID lockdown, and right now, I thought it'd be 50%. 57% of the people have come back. But it's about saying the same thing, right? No, 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 no. 43% are missing. Well, yeah, right. 43% are missing. I was off by seven points. But it's about half have come back. Yeah. Folks, where are you at? This is not something you have to do. This is something you get to do. This is Christ in his church. Do not watch him on television. There's no grace. And, and for, that's the ones that were going before the lockdown. 
Right. That's only that's, a, only that's only a quarter or a third that we're going before the lockdown. The other two thirds or three quarters of you are not going. Well, if you're watching it on TV, you obviously don't believe in the true presence of Jesus Christ, and we need to change that. Which which goes back to our first segment with the rise of attendance, the, the beautiful families, the communities, the vocations, the sacraments that are being given out here, and we're going to have listening sessions across the country and spend $28 million to have a 2023 party in Indianapolis to say we've really tackled this this deal. What do you think Maza Kelly and, and Matthias Loris did in the 1700, 1800 coming up here? Do you I'll think tell they you what they did. Do you think they had listening sessions they with bought the a new pair Sue of boots. and the Fox and the... <laughs> They bought a new pair of boots. <laughs> they made a new pair of boots. There wasn't a, a, a... And they kept on going out there and evangelizing and making converts and baptizing and... A study from Faith Communities Today, a multi-religious research initiative, says that... Uh, they, they talked to 15,000 religious communities in the 20 years beginning in 2000 and found in those two decades the... The median attendance at weekly worship services decreased by 50%. Now, it'd be interesting to know what that would be versus the Paul VI Mass versus the traditional Latin Mass. Here's a uh, quote. The Reverend Phil Gibbs, pastor at Church of the Resurrection in Dubuque, said, much of the loss can be connected to the COVID-19 pandemic. We haven't lost hope that people will come back, but all indications provide us with the fact that will be at a loss. How substantial that figure will be, we do not know. And the ironic thing is, is they didn't, they're not passed away as in deceased. Despite the drop in attendance, the Archdiocese noted, I'm quoting now from the Telegraph Herald report of December 17th, Despite the drop in attendance, the Archdiocese, this is Dubuque, noted that in its financial contributions from weekly giving, Easter and Christmas reached $51 million in fiscal 2021, more than $1 million more than the amount recorded in 2016. Why would you give to something you're not going to? Because you have it on automatic withdrawal and you forgot to stop it. Interesting. Lutheran Church in Maquoketa, about 80 to 100 people attend regularly uh, to worship in person as compared to 180 or 250. So that's that's half. You do have a lot of bullet headlines here, don't you, Tom? This is the same article. This is a big article, and it lit up my phone, my texting, and all of that, and the listeners are saying this has got to get on the chatter. Mm -hmm. uh, you could go on and on. Look at it, Elizabeth Kelsey, Dateline, December 19th, Dubuque, Iowa, Telegraph, Herald. And, and um, it, it's, it's, it's uh, what, what I don't like about this is this is not about attendance. This is not about the collection box. This is about souls. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yep. this, is, this is the metrics for what's going on. This is about souls. Don't go out and listen. Go out and teach. Well, and you know, we can tie it in with our previous segment and we can say, you know what? This is when Satan says, you don't need to go to Mass. Just watch it on TV. Who cares if you miss one Sunday, right? I mean, that's how it sneaks in. 
Well, the headlines are beating me up here. We got three or four minutes left. Let's play um, Colleen's Catechetical Trivium. Uh, CCC, Corinthians Catechism Challenge. Oh, it's <laughs> not the same alliteration, is it? I don't know if you guys caught it, what? but our talented producer of the show, the Benzmeister, put game show music behind your segment. <laughs> I missed that. Don't I know didn't. where don't know where he pulled it off here, but I, I thought um, somebody was at my door. Anyway, go ahead. That's that's great. The that's mischievous great. I, man. I did not hear that. All right, what do you got? All right, so you know it's uh, Christmas. And the Feast of the Holy it's Family. been in all the papers. Yeah. So let me ask you a few questions about family. All right. Okay? And I'm going to pull here right from the catechism because you guys are smart. You guys are smarter than I. I've got the Baltimore Catechism here for grades three to five. Oh, thank you. But I think, I think that's you right got at that. our level, Jan. That's, right that's why level. I'm like, I'm looking at you guys going, you're smarter than that. I'm pulling out the big guns. I got the catechism. The JP2 one here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So according to the catechism... Family is defined defined as how many men and how many women? Adults. That would be between one woman and one man. Just you and me. <laughs> Against the world. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Not you and me. <laughs> right? She winked. What, what do we got? That's it? No, 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 no. There's that's a just that's like the first part. All right, all that's right. the first phrase. Okay. So uh, that was for, a wiffle ball. Right. Yeah, no I'm warming up, you guys. You're getting you stretched out. So for a family, it's a okay, a man and a woman. Do they have to be united in marriage or just cohabitating? You have to be united in marriage. Tom, you know that. Yep. She's taking all the easy ones, Tom. Well, I don't, she's, You're just letting her. Well, she said early on, I'm not good at catechism, and I think she's she's bluffing She's here full of <laughs> beans isn't she so one man and one woman united in marriage does a family include their children or not yes of course it does now what about a couple a man and a woman let's say as we were talking about earlier they can't have kids are they a family of course yes, they, they are, are. of course they are but i thought they had to have together with their children form a family no, no. no. If, if God has not blessed you with children, you're still a family. That's right. And you could adopt children, which is a noble act on the fa on, on the part of uh, any good couple. Okay, so last question in this uh, paragraph 2202, if any of you want to check on the answers. That was a deep breath she took, are, Janet. Are, She's she I know. I'm, I keep waiting for the fast, singer. This is a fast <laughs> pitch right here. So is this the normal reference point by which all other forms of family are to be evaluated? Yeah. Well, of course. It's the only reference point. All right, you guys, I'm going to have to find some harder questions. I've got to stump you at least once going forward. Not today, because I'm out. Come that was my, that was my quiz oh, for Oh, come today. on, come on. Oh, okay. In the Greek... What? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. What's so the she Greek goes from word kindergarten for? to like, <laughs> right? And I, you could say anything. You could say curie laison, and I wouldn't know the difference. All right, I'll, let's do some here. We got we got a minute left. I'll yeah. uh, throw some catechism. How many sacraments? Seven. How many categories of the sacraments? Well, let's see. There's in sacraments of initiation. There's sacraments of healing. Is that it? 
religious vocation. Yeah, three. Okay, and how do they break in to those categories? Now, I thought I was supposed to be asking the questions here. Okay. Came up, you you had all week to come up with some questions. I've got a whole Baltimore catechism. Okay, so the sacraments of initiation would be baptism. Baptism. Right? Yes. What else? Confirmation. Yes. Right? Eucharist and confession? No. I'm saying those are sacraments of, what were other categories? So here's our break style. Initiation. The initiation sacraments yeah. are baptism, baptism and confirmation. confirmation, and Eucharist. The sacraments of healing are confession, confession. and extreme unction. extreme unction. The sacraments of election are holy orders and holy matrimony. Okay, so how is Eucharist a sacrament of initiation? Why no, wouldn't it, that be a sacrament of healing? No, it bring, because it's not a sacrament of healing. Well, it, it has a healing effect, but it's a, it's a, by receiving Christ, you are initiated into the oneness of God. You are receiving him. He is coming into and unto you. Okay, I'm checking on you on that one. I'm going to get back to everybody next week. We'll see if Tom's right. We'll see if the questioner is right. You got any music for that, Benz? <laughs> hey, uh, whether we like it or not, we're out of time here. Let's uh, let's close with another. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father. And, and to, to the, the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Episode 20 of The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We will see you all in church. Merry Christmas. Happy Feast of the Holy Family.